The Digital Salon is a curation of listening experiences produced by the alumni and affiliated members of the UCLA Urban Humanities Initiative. In our pilot season, our contributors meditate on the theme of the portal. Through readings, sound walks, audio collages, interviews, and more, we seek out the openings, fissures, and apertures within the pandemic. We're your hosts. I'm Gus Wendell. And I am Jacqueline Barrios. And for our third episode, Dr. Genevieve Carpio, UHI-affiliated faculty and professor of Chicanx studies at UCLA, listens to the uncommon quiet and radical emptiness that is the UCLA's campus during the shutdown. a few months ago I was standing outside of one of UCLA's most popular dining halls. On a typical day there might be 80 students waiting for the doors to open. It's located about 500 feet away from UCLA's intramural field. While waiting your eyes are naturally drawn to it and on this particular day the marching band is practicing there. They're playing UCLA's fight song. My father is a longtime Bruins fan and I was excited to call him and let him listen to the band practice. This memory amplifies some of the eerie changes from this exact spot today. Instead of lockers closing and people chatting and the marching band playing, there is a silence punctuated by cars driving down the street, making their deliveries and leaves rustling in the wind. The sounds of the marching band in the distance, groups of students chatting in line, and backpack shuffling have grown mute in the last weeks. The shift from fanfare to virtual silence all happened relatively suddenly after students received an email notice from the administration on a late Friday afternoon in March. Quote, we have encouraged students who can return home to do so and to take all of their personal items, if possible, from their university-owned housing with them. End quote. was unable to have a proper goodbye with my roommates because they left so abruptly. 
I myself had to pack up so fast that I wasn't able to say goodbye to friends whom I had just had dinner with a couple of nights before. I really could not have imagined that that would be our last meal together for who knows how long. Coming back to the Bay Area to empty roads and online classes was challenging, but also grounding because I got to see how determined I was to make it work. I had to balance living spaces with my mom, who was also working online and facing new challenges. I decided to organize a bookshelf so we would have a nice background, come Zoom meetings, but through time I realized it had bad lighting. I'm an introvert, but this extraction from my Bruin experience has made me miss campus interaction dearly. When I received the email from the administration, I knew our campus was in for stark changes, but I didn't know what to expect. As a faculty member who lives on campus, I thought of the profound losses, but I didn't expect what might fill those absences or how they could serve as a portal into what a campus might become or the uses that were there all along, just under the surface. I'm just crossing over from the hill or the residential halls at UCLA and onto Bruin Walk, which is probably the most popular path for students to walk on their way to campus from the residential halls. In the background, you can hear some car traffic up Deneve Avenue. And as I walk down, I can see maybe less than 10 people walking up and down the pathway. None going to classes because they've all moved online. Most appear to be here for recreational purposes. Maybe half are wearing masks and half are without. You can hear birds passing overhead which isn't something you would normally hear. The sound of a tennis ball over at one of the stadiums. These are sounds I wouldn't have noticed on a regular day, walking from my residence on the hill to my office on North Campus. I can see some bodies over at Drake Stadium. Although the gates are closed. On other weekends, I've seen people climb the gates in order to enter. I've always worked at a Drake Stadium in the tracks and since the gyms closed down I've noticed more and more people using the space and as the tracks uh, were closed down people began climbing over fences and gates to get to the tracks. I also saw UCPD um, policing the stadium and in various instances using loudspeakers by the gates to tell everyone that they would be cited if they didn't leave the stadium. And so I think we see a paradox of the closing of campus leading to more open space as well because of the suspension of rules like parking enforcement. Personally, I found it easier to visit campus. Since it became more affordable, I wouldn't have to worry about getting a ticket. And I've noticed this because since ticket issuances were resumed on June 1st, there were less cars parked again. 
And because of many private spaces outside, like gyms being closed, I think it's also led to more public use of the campus. So I've seen families, non-students around the tracks or having socially distant picnics on the grass by Jan steps or people running, walking their dogs and so on and so forth. I see children playing soccer. They brought their own nets. Again, it's mostly families now. Although you do see some groups of young people that are college-aged, traditionally college-aged. At this point, only one other person besides myself and my family can be seen wearing masks. Although there is activity, it's nothing like that that I would typically see on a weekday afternoon. Again, mostly families and people who would be here to be here for recreational purposes. Again, younger children, people in athletic attire, folks with dogs, of which there are a few exceptions that allow for service animals and support animals on the campus. So I assume they're from off campus, but likely from the neighboring community. As I approach the Wooden Center further along, away from the stadiums and fields, it's quieter. Except for the occasional runner. Normally at this time you might see a mass of bodies returning to the residential halls from campus at the end of class. It's approximately 5 p.m. But there's no rush hour here. Graduating from a master's degree in urban planning has been difficult during times of COVID-19. I am an undocumented person and I don't have a job. I don't know how this is going to affect me in the near future. Um, I don't know how it's going to affect my family, how it's going to affect the undocumented communities or mixed status families. It's, it's just difficult. It's a difficult situation. Um, and I'm hopeful for the future, but at the same time, um, this adds a layer of vulnerability to the undocumented community. I can see the Bruin Bear, which is still a popular landmark for returning seniors, taking graduation photos. I can see an informal photo shoot occurring right now. But there's no line to wait for such photos right now. I 
you look further up Bruin Walk, normally there's an area where student groups would hand out flyers or sell small treats for fundraisers. But it appears to be roped off today. I noticed I was mistaken and there actually is a line <laughs> for photos at the Bruin Bear. Those who wait wear masks. All those taking the photos wear the different markers of a graduating senior. I noticed graduation photos had a deeper meaning for students this year. For some of them, it represented a graduation they weren't going to have. They had a chance to put their gown, their cap, their sash on, and walk around campus to capture their years of hard work as UCLA students. For others, it was their last look at UCLA. They were away from campus all spring quarter and only came back for the photo shoot. Two friends scheduled a photo shoot on Sunday, June 14th at 6.45 a.m. They drove to campus with their cars packed up as they were both moving to NorCal right after the photo shoot. The shoot was a farewell to UCLA as they wanted photos at Royce Hall, Jan Steps, but also Courts of Sciences, outside of buildings where they had most of their classes. It was for sure a more emotional graduation photo shoot this year. less than a week's time, the residential community of UCLA dropped from about 14,000 people to less than 1,000. The time of this shift, I thought the campus would be met by emptiness and silence. But what I found instead were new uses of space. Athletes and walkers and children and dogs. In the past week's I've also seen parts of campus used by the LAPD to process protesters. I've also seen graduate student-led efforts to turn the spaces of campus into sites of resistance. Protests with over a thousand people in attendance moving in from all the arteries of the campus to converge at Royce Hall. COVID is a portal into what UCLA could be. But even more so, I think it's a portal into what it has always been. A place where students meet the classroom experience and its unpredictable challenges with determination. Where despite the policing of public space, people climb gates to access greener fields. Where graduates and vulnerable communities face job insecurity head on and with hope. It's a place of leisure, policing, activism, friendship. And for me, it's home. What I found is that under pandemic, Campus is not a site of silences. Rather, it's an amphitheater where what we tuned out before is now magnified. 
Do you hear them? Tune in next week for the next episode of the digital podcast, The Portal. For more information, visit our website, digitalsalonpodcast.org.